This is Letitia Styles from Young Finances, and it's a great day to listen to the Personal Profitability Podcast. You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. I'm so excited to have you back again for this awesome episode. And we're actually doing having me having someone on who I've never met in person before. This is the first time we're doing that. So we're, we're kind of out uh, exploring the world, meeting new people. And this couple that we have on, I, um, a friend sent me an article telling me how they were traveling to every single national park in the United States in one year. And that is an awesome goal and one that I'm totally inspired by how they, how they figured it out. Uh, you know, the timing and how to pay for it. So I had all these questions and I thought, what better way to ask these questions than uh, than with the entire world listening on the internet, hopefully <laughs> the entire world listening. So we have Elizabeth and Cole on with us. They're the Switchback Kids. You can find them at switchbackkids.com. Can you say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Happy to be here. So we, um, as, as I was just telling you guys right before we started recording, personal finance should be personal. That's a strong belief of mine, and it should be fun, you know, not, not stuffy, boring bankers. So I'm sitting here with a homebrew beer that um, one of my friends who lives in East, farther East Portland, I'm in East Portland, <laughs> who lives in farther East Portland than me, made and gave me over the weekend. So um, it's not a beer you've heard of, but I'm really excited to be drinking it. And uh, and I know you guys have a beer, too. What are you drinking over oh, there? Yeah. So I've got the other Portland, so Portland, Maine, uh, water Waterfront Brewing Company, and it's a spiced pumpkin ale. Ooh, what a good time yeah, of year to have! I love those fall. pumpkin beers; they're so good. Yeah, it's delicious. And I have from <laughs> Bangor, Maine. We just that was our last stop, Maine. So very local, Presque Isle Blonde. It's a honey blonde ale. Well, well yeah, we got we got a little mix and match. Yeah, I'm uh, totally in with it. Like, local breweries, that's like traveling across the country. I would probably, I don't know, even if I were on a national park tour, I'd probably end up at more breweries than national parks. <laughs> that's my, uh, that's my, my thing. I was in, uh, I went to Napa a few years ago. I'd never been before. I have a friend who was living um, just north of the Bay Area and it was right by Napa. And he said, hey, let's go to Napa and try some wines. I was like, awesome. But first we have to go to Russian River Brewing and Lagunitas Brewing. And by the time we got to the wineries, I'd already had... Uh, let's say I had more than a beer or two. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was not able to appreciate some of the best wines in the world as much as I might have otherwise. But at least I know I love beer, right? So I got to enjoy those. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, we have not been to nearly enough breweries. Well, well might be going to one tomorrow, though. We're in Boston. Oh, you're in Boston? So might, There's lots of beer in Boston. Right. So we might be going to the... Uh, Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Yeah, yep. Sam, that's like... Yep. They're like one of the biggest breweries in the country now, you know, but they're, but they're still a craft brewery. They, they still get respect. You know, I've, you know, Good. they didn't sell out, you know, some of the big, some of the bigger, you know, craft breweries sold out. I, they're, uh, mm-hmm. they're still okay. Yeah. So let's, um, so, you know, I was mentioning right as we got on, you guys are traveling to every national park. How did you guys come up with this idea? So it all started maybe 
a year and a half ago when we were hiking in Kansas City, just springtime. Did you live hike. in Kansas City? We yes, yes, three we, years. We grew up in St. Louis, uh, went to college, met at Mizzou in the middle of Missouri, Go in Tigers, Columbia, Missouri. Right? Yes, M I Z, <laughs> and um, and then kind of migrated further west across the state and both worked in Kansas City for three years. So this was like year two in Kansas City. Yeah. And and we were just happy to be out finally after a long winter. Uh, (laughs) Like a bear. Yeah. (laughs) I've been to Kansas City winters. I I have family from Kansas City. I was actually just there in uh, February this year uh, visiting. So I know it's cold. I went to a winter Kansas City wedding. That was that was cold. It was brisk. Yeah, yeah, interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he was from Kansas City, so right, yeah. right. So anyway, hiking, spring, Kansas City, talking just about you know life goals and bucket list type uh, aspirations we had, mm-hmm. and Cole kind of mentioned national parks, and I just thought it would be really cool to visit all the national parks someday. And then Elizabeth kind of surprised me, and she said. Yeah, me too. That would be awesome. Which is not really me <laughs> so not, much. You're not an outdoorsy type. By I the... am. I am outdoorsy. I We both of us had this kind of camping, nature, hiking mentality instilled in us by our parents. Um, so I had done a lot of outdoorsy stuff. Just the whole like leaving everything and leaping into something. That wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> but you guys so. decided some. So when did you decide that someday was going to be? now (laughs) yeah it was really all a matter of lucky timing i guess we were in kansas city in you know we're we had great jobs but they weren't our passion in life i suppose you could say and we knew at one point we wanted to move to where our families were in st louis and just figured the time was right to if we were going to make that transition anyway and uproot why not make the most of it and do something really excited about? And that ended up being our goal of visiting all the national parks. In so, a year. <laughs> yeah. We really That's amazing. debated for. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we came up with, with that idea and. Without even knowing how many national parks there were or, you know, how far away they were from each other. <laughs> So it's without even country. doing much research. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's what we and found out. Are a lot Alaska is really far, far away. away. Right, yeah. right. And um, American Samoa has a national park. That's also really far away. Very mm-hmm. much further. Yeah. Farther than Alaska. <laughs> it's farther than Hawaii. It's like almost <laughs> yeah, to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two Hawaii's yeah. <laughs> away. Um, yeah. So basically we kind of this this little idea sparked and then we kind of stayed in the back of our minds. We didn't really think it was going to happen or it was real. It just kind of, we started looking into it a little bit. We started talking about it and then we would stop talking about it for a while. And, you know, this was now summer, fall. Um, and by, by about fall, I think we really, it, the, the idea just kind of slowly grew. So it wasn't like a moment where we knew I feel like the more we talked about it, the more we kind of and the more we started talking about with other people, we got really reinforced to this idea and this, you know, 
crazy adventure. <laughs> were other people supportive or very like, like your parents, your friends were yeah. Like, your parents, yeah. I feel like friends would, would always be like, yeah, go do things. But parents would be like, keep your stable <laughs> exactly. job and keep making money. So how, that's what was exactly that? how mine were. Yeah. We started, we mentioned it to them and I don't think they believed us, you know, it, <laughs> they're you, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, a pipe dream of course. Yeah. But then when we were actually planning and we we're actually budgeting and doing all these different things to get ready, they realized we were mm-hmm. actually serious. And from that point on uh, to their credit, they were nothing but supportive and jealous. <laughs> yeah, probably a, a lot jealous. jealous. Is we anyone, have, we've gotten a lot. Is anyone coming along for like a leg of the journey with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My sister joined us for 10 days, which was amazing in Grand Canyon and Zion for 10 days in a row. And that was really fun. And Cole's parents were actually going to see them in a couple days. They're going to meet us in near Washington, D.C. in Shenandoah National Park for about three, four days. And they'll be with us in Virgin Islands also. And some friends, you know, we place to go to have to see a national park in the Virgin <laughs> I know. Islands, Darn. <laughs> especially when it's getting into uh, December, you know, everywhere else is getting some snow. We'll be <laughs> getting down to the beach. beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rough life. Yeah, someone's got to do it. Yeah. Exactly. But that's been the really cool thing is that we going all around the country. It, people can pop in for a park. Uh, friends that we knew during college and haven't talked to since we can hit up again and say, Hey, uh, what if we crashed at your place (laughs) in a week, you know, and you realize you have this support network that is kind of all around. Um, and it's really been fun to be able to tap into that and reconnect with Mm -hmm. a lot of different people. Oh, that's great. So when you, started thinking, well, maybe this isn't a pipe dream. It's something that we might actually do. What were your steps, you know, specifically thinking about, you know, paying for it all? How did you start planning and and getting everything together? Yeah, that's the big (laughs) question. And first we, once we, uh, our very first step before we knew that it, it was something we were going to do for sure, we had to make sure it was feasible Mostly that meant feasible financially. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my cup of tea more Definitely. so. <laughs> I kind of make sure we're on track financially and I'm in a lot of instances a Scrooge when it comes to money, but I'm yes. sure we'll get more into that later. <laughs> Do you typically share the financial management responsibilities or does one of you typically... Cole does most of it. Just okay. I think that's... I think he enjoys it okay. a little bit. Enjoy like is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I enjoy dealing with my money. So my wife's like, oh, you can just deal with that. And I don't have to worry. But yeah. 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 I have and two finance degrees. I'm, I'm a weirdo like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing it more than a lot of other chores. Okay. Uh, and But I make sure, you know, the important thing, of course, as a couple, the other person has to know what's going on. Right. So I drag her into, <laughs> you know, whatever details Definitely necessary, but day to day, I take care of the bills and everything in the budget. Yeah, and I find, uh, you know, with with me, I, I just got married. Um, I should know how long ago, a year and a half ago. <laughs> and um, you know, when we when we moved in together and all, I found communication is just such an important part, even though mm-hmm. I was dealing with most of the day to day bill pay and all that kind of stuff. I'm um, just keeping 
both of us, keeping my wife in the loop, um, you know, it really helps. I help build, you know, a stronger relationship. And you know, in case anything ever happened, if I get sick, um, you know, we, we both know what's going on and it, we, we have, it helps build trust. I think having good communication. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're living together, you know, you would think around each other all the time, you would think communication and just comes naturally, but you do have to kind of make it a point to mention those really important things right. that wouldn't come up otherwise. Right. We'd always come home. Like I come home from work on a Wednesday and be like, do you want, let's go ride bikes. And, um, you know, that, you know, money wouldn't be the first thing that came up on a, you know, some days of the week. So, you know, always something. Exactly. I mean, I, I talk about it probably more than most people because again, I'm the finance <laughs> guy, but so anyway, I know we, we totally derailed talking about couples and relationships and money, yeah, no, we'll, we'll bring it back. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Let's keep but, going on yeah. the uh, money train. <laughs> yeah. So basically it became, we just became more aware of what we were spending. That was probably the first thing we did is we tracked everything and, um, wrote, you know, specific numbers down of how much we spent on groceries this month. And it was more of an afterthought rather than like budgeting ahead of time. We just really tracked things. And that made us, you know, obviously a lot more aware of how much we were spending and where we could cut back. Did you use um, Excel spreadsheets? Did you have a favorite program, a website? We used a post-it note. (laughs) So, yeah, I kind of did it old school where I would just look at on the you know credit card statement online, all the line items, and then I would add them up in different categories. You know, you have groceries and gas and uh, utilities or, or fixed costs. I think I've said, uh, and then you make sure you're tracking that. We we did every ten days, so there were like three times throughout the month where I did it. And then I totaled those up for the month. And at first we were keeping all our receipts too and realized that really wasn't doing us any good. So we just started doing the totaling of all the items and it really helped us see what we were spending money on within the category, each category and how that differed from month to month and how we needed to maybe put one category in check or how we did really good on another category this month because we made this change in conscious effort. Mm -hmm. Did you have any surprises when you started budgeting like that? Was there any category like, whoa, I spend way too much money doing something that you didn't realize you were spending a lot of money on? I would say that we always think that we're doing really good on not eating out a lot and everything, but that category was always more than mm-hmm. I expected. And it, yeah. it wasn't a, a ton, but it could get, you know, to 150 for the month or 200 for the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is when you're it trying to take a lot of effort <laughs> mm-hmm. and when you're trying to keep to a budget of $1,900 which was what I calculated we need to keep to for the month. You know, that's a big chunk of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to be scary budget busters. You know, a lot of people never look at their finances at all. And the first time they really look and sit down, they're like, whoa, I spent like $600 at the bars in the last three months. You know, things like <laughs> yeah. that. It's like, whoa. Yeah. yeah you got to. Uh, so that I, that's a useful exercise, whether you're going to travel the country um, mm-hmm. or not. Uh, just, just knowing what your, where your Definitely. finances look like. So did yeah, you have a specific goal with all this? What was your, you, know, you, were, you were about to keep going. <laughs> so what yes. was your next, uh, <laughs> next step? 
so we started tracking all of this mostly before we were considering going on this huge trip. And then at the, when we needed to consider whether this all 59 parks in a year thing was actually feasible, I basically tried to estimate as best as possible all of the expenses that we would accrue during this year of travel. And that was gas, groceries, camping, camping was a big one, even airfare for specific parks, because when you have specific destinations that you need to get to, uh, you can calculate very in a very detailed fashion what it will take to Mm -hmm. get to those destinations. Unfortunately, you cannot drive to the Virgin Islands or American Samoa. (laughs) I know. I know. That that causes some trouble. Messes but, up your car when you try. Yeah, <laughs> he would try to take me on a car boat, seven hundred and fifty hour car ride across the ocean. <laughs> he would. If it was a couple bucks cheaper, I probably would. Yeah. No. Um, so totaled all those expenses, our our insurance and everything we would need for the year, and I got this chunk of money that was our goal to save. And then I also added up the expenses that we would have each month for the months we had remaining for the until we left, which would until our estimated departure Mm -hmm. and say that was 12 months or so. So I knew that each month if we had our estimated expenses for the month at nineteen hundred dollars, we had to just make sure that would be the mark where our income would be, you know, a couple hundred greater than that to where we could sock that extra away and save for the trip. And for the trip, we estimated it would cost around $21,000 total for the year with all the transportation and everything. So that became our goal. Our we actually yeah. knocked it down to 20,000, make it an even 20,000. <laughs> Pretty ambitious, honestly. Yeah. But we wanted to challenge ourselves and that's that was became part of our adventure is not just going to all these places, but going to the, them all realistically because, you know, anybody can do awesome things if they have all the money in the world. Right. But in the real world, people have limited budgets and that's kind of what we were working with, too. And we wanted to show people that it is possible. And thankfully, the national parks make it very easy. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's easy to travel cheaply Definitely. To, to parks when you're hiking and biking and as long as you're not a, taking the helicopter tours and stuff. It's, <laughs> right. it's reasonable. Yeah. No, <laughs> those are budget killers. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if you don't mind sharing, what what were your jobs before you got started on this? Did you and did you keep them, or what was your arrangement with your employers when uh, it was time to go on on your adventure? Yeah. So the one of the big, I guess, the big deciding factors was that we knew we would have this quitting our job transition anyway because we wanted to move from Kansas City to St. Louis. So in doing that, we knew we would have to quit our jobs. And I was a sixth grade teacher, so mine wasn't transferable at all. (laughs) Um, So I and Cole worked in healthcare IT at a large company in Kansas City. And again, 
wouldn't be able to transfer that to St. Louis. So both of us knew we would have to just kind of quit. They're transferable and, job skills, but not transferable <laughs> jobs. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that actually went pretty well. My um, my coworkers are very all very excited and very supportive and still very supportive and and awesome about it. So that was fine. And same with Cole. I think we, we both had a really easy leaving our job experiences. Did you and give with, two weeks notice or did you give more notice? <laughs> I had to give a lot more notice. Um, schools kind of work differently to where they, they want you to know or they want to know as soon as possible. So I, I talked to my principal in about January okay. of, bef- you know, this, this past January, 2015. And because they start hiring teachers right away okay. in at the beginning of the year. So that she, she was grateful. She wanted to know as soon as possible. So was your, did you work through the school year? Was that your plan? Oh yeah. 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 And so my contract went all the way and I actually got paid up until uh, through August. So you were like paid out on the road a little bit. Yeah, which was really nice. So totally. that's how the te- teacher salary just works the, at my particular district, works September through August and is salaried. So even though I didn't, I did, I did do summer school too. So it was an extra little chunk of change, but I didn't work at all in July and I got paid and didn't work at all in August and got paid. So that was an extra little kick. It's nice. It's nice having state sponsorship to travel around. And, uh, <laughs> see exactly. Exactly. So how about you, Cole? Did you uh, have a similar experience? Yes, I gave, I think, a month notice, uh, just a little longer so they could plan for the transition and everything. And I just got I left my job this August. Seems like such a long time ago, but it was (laughs) August 15th and it was very smooth. It was a great company and just yeah, I didn't get paid any time that I wasn't working, unfortunately. So, I think that's more typical. <laughs> yeah, Slightly. I d- was able to do some some stuff like cash in the vacation I'd saved up. So little things like that helped me squeeze, uh, you know, a few extra dollars. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, keep how, how did you guys decide to do health insurance when you left your jobs? <laughs> that was a big yeah, that was a big one. So the. The typical, you know, leaving your employment is Cobra, right? Which, right? which can, is very expensive. <laughs> I say it's convenient, but it's pricey. Oh, it's so expensive. So I think that was one of the big things that saved us a lot of money is that we didn't settle for Cobra. So we looked into other options. Cole especially looked into, um, we talked, you know, talked to our parents and they were very much proponents of us getting yes. insurance obviously <laughs> when you're going to be traveling around the country right. and, and we doing were too. hiking and things where you could like yeah. sprain yeah. an ankle like, or break an arm exactly hopefully yeah. you won't knock on wood right <laughs> so cole cole basically go ahead i guess <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so i first checked out the federal marketplace uh, wasn't floored by those options. And then I actually, through signing up, uh, like putting in my information to get a quote from some other insurance channels, got on some list where I got calls from insurance brokers. But it was actually really helpful because they told me about this thing called short-term insurance that I hadn't known anything about before. And basically with what it could offer us, it gave us a lot better coverage options and a better deductible. 
at a lower price than what we would have gotten from a regular plan. And since it's short term, it goes, you can do a contract for up to six months and renew it if you want to. So I knew nothing about it, but I was actually pretty impressed by the detail. And yeah, that's what we went with. It was through United Healthcare. So it was a good name. And it ended up being, I think, like 180 a month or something like that. Yeah, that's super cheap. That's Very yeah. cheap compared For to the two of that us. in your $20,000 number? Yeah, we, we were budgeting like 3000 for health insurance yeah. for the year. Okay. So divide that by 12, I guess. So it's definitely get, got us below our monthly allotment for health insurance, which mm-hmm. was some helicopter health- ride money. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, or, or maybe an extra six pack to take with you on the exactly. Hike. That's that's what we're feeling. More probably. your vibe than helicopter. <laughs> Definitely. I just the reason I can talk about helicopters. I actually just started private pilot lessons a couple of months ago. Really? And I'm flying Cessna. Oh, that's cool. very cool. The one with the blade in the front, not on the top. But it's uh, <laughs> I, my my mind's in the sky a lot these days. I'm up in the clouds. <laughs> so, um, so you so you got your insurance lined up. You had your money mm-hmm. ready. How did you decide your route and what did day one look like? I really (laughs) enjoyed planning our route. That was probably my favorite thing that I did. And a lot of it was based on weather because when you're in the national parks, when you're camping, tent camping, like we were, you're pretty exposed. So we had to make sure. A lot of the national parks are cold in the winter. So a lot of them are mountainous and you don't a want to be in bit. Rocky Mountain National Park in March. Exactly. No. I don't even know if you can be in Rocky Mountain National Park. <laughs> Not really. I think everything's pretty close. Right. They shut the down all the roads through, I know. Right. So that was that was probably the biggest decision. We also had a few um, things we had to be back for in, in Missouri. So in a wedding that I'm in in June. So we're going to have to be driving through. Was that Kansas. part of the $20,000, the wedding? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Was it? Well, when we count ca- the mileage wise, <laughs> mileage, mileage wise, but like there. the dress and stuff. No, no. So, bridesmaids dress. <laughs> we'll be fine. So there, so there goes our beer money. There goes the helicopter. <laughs> ride. Got a bridesmaid dress. Thanks, friend, for getting married during my summer of travel. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and you know, then it ended up being my sister had a baby shower, and so a few things that we wanted to just kind of be around for, and we were able to route it pretty well. So we ended up, our our route ended up looking almost like a spiral. <laughs> so we started from St. Louis, Missouri, and then kind of did a little loop around the Southwest. So Southern Colorado, Arizona, Utah, and then back through Missouri. And then, and now we're North, so or East, Northeast. So we went through Ohio, Maine, and now we're headed uh, South for the winter, like birds. So we'll in about, in a couple of weeks, we'll be in Florida. Which is awesome. Great. It's a nice time of year to be in Florida for sure. Oh, yeah. Sure, my sister's down in Miami and she keeps sending me beach pictures. I'm like, really? That's what that's. I'm sitting here in the rain in Portland and you're sending me beach pictures, but I get it. I'd do the same. Yeah. (laughs) So when when you were in Kansas City, did you own or rent your home? Rent. And what did you do with all of your stuff when you sold it? You sold it all? Like the great great ridding? (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a huge um, way we got extra income <laughs> those last few months. We sold, we didn't really have anything that was too nice. 
I'm a big like thrift shopping is like my biggest hobby <laughs> probably. Tags. And I also, so yeah. And I also, <laughs> she's, an, she's an upcycler. Yeah. So I did a lot of painting furniture and cool. um, selling it, <laughs> which was cool. So I, I, that was another way we got a little extra income. Um, cool. Yeah. And so that was basically what our whole house consisted of was thrift store furniture that I had painted <laughs> or somehow fixed up a little bit. So we ended up selling all that for a big profit from what we bought it from, which was nice. And then a lot of our other stuff, we just sold, you know, Craigslist style. <laughs> I sold some of my video games. And I was so sad. sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if I had to give up my uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, I might be a little sad. Even though I haven't played it in like six months. I, I know it's there. If I'm in a bad mood and need to shoot people, I have an outlet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or if I need to go to a, a strip club and not actually go to a strip club or run stop signs. <laughs> it's like, it's just like real life Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. <laughs> so when you left your apartment, what did you have left? What, what did you still own? I feel like we had a little more than Elizabeth remembers, but we, we had have a ton. I mean, we sold all of our furniture. We didn't sell yeah. all of our stuff. Of course, you have a bunch of wedding gifts since we got married about two years ago. You know, all our kitchen items and everything that we were going to keep. So we have those all wrapped up in boxes in between one of my friend's houses in Kansas City, who was very generous in lending him some of his large basement space. And then Elizabeth's parents, uh, we have a, a nice large closet there. closet full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely less than the average person, I would say, but yeah. we, we still have some stuff. Okay. You know, we, we didn't get rid of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when you... So when you end your journey, you have like a pot and pan, the aside from a camping <laughs> pot and pan. Essentially. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> so when you get home, you know, I've, after having a long stint in the woods before, like I got home and I kind of wanted to go set up my camping stove in the backyard. Like mm-hmm. I, it's crossed my mind before though. I don't really have a good backyard anymore. So I'm stuck with my regular stove. <laughs> so, so what's, so what can you share? So I know you said you're on the way down to Florida, you're heading South for the winter. What does the rest of your year away look like? So after we hit Florida, we will be coming back up to for Christmas about uh, stay two weeks with each of our families or one week with each. And then we have to fly out from St. Louis to Hawaii, two parks in Hawaii, and then fly from there to American Samoa, one park there back to St. Louis. And then we kind of finish by staying down South for the rest of winter. There's a park in Arkansas, two in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and then you get into California, maybe around springtime, travel up the coast of California where there are eight parks in that state. So we'll be there for a while. Yeah. My, uh, my in-laws live in Santa Barbara, which is, you know, it's not it's not quite as far as San Diego and the Mexico border, but it's pretty far down there. It feels like in Southern California when you're driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we did it straight through in a day. We left at 5 a.m. with the dogs and uh, got to Santa Barbara about 10 p.m. That's wow. Oh, wow. California's California's huge. I feel like I've seen yeah. a lot of California. At least we're doing it in chunks. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. it a lot nicer. So park to park to park is not too bad. 
And we've never even been to the West Coast. So, you know, that's a whole nother thing with this trip. We, when we're planning, realize there are so many places around the U.S. we have haven't touched. Mm -hmm. And that's that was one of the huge motivators to get out and not we, we weren't really interested as much in doing some big international travel trip. We thought that our backyard in the U S had a ton to offer still mm -hmm. that we hadn't experienced. Totally. Definitely. Are you going to hit every state on your journey or are there a few states you'll miss? There aren't a lot of parks down in the deep South. So yeah, we'll miss hardly any Alabama, Louisiana. Mississippi, Louisiana. Yeah. But we, we miss down from Mardi Gras sometime. Right? then yeah, yeah. Hit that <laughs> get it off your list yeah <laughs> have so of all the parks you've been to so far i know you've only been out a couple months what's your favorite been and why so we're always asked this and it's <laughs> we get asked super this a lot. Tough. it is hard my favorite is is actually it's funny because it's the last one we've been to and that's probably it's just fresh in my mind but acadia national park in maine was amazing like it sounds beautiful. So crazy. It's it was so beautiful. And it was, you know, I had this kind of picture of Maine in my mind and it totally lived up to that and be, far beyond it. Um, it's just a, a beautiful mix of ocean, mountain, fall colors right now were That's the best I've great. ever seen. We just we did a ton of hiking and it was cold <laughs> and it was kind of gross and rainy. But even so, it was the <laughs> one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. It was amazing. That's awesome. Any that did not live up to your expectation? I would I wouldn't say that, but I would say they met our expectations. <laughs> um, if you set a low bar, they lived up to that low bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the parks we were most excited for in our first leg of our trip, which was all in the Southwest, was Zion National Park. Uh, heard so many good things from everybody about it. So that had the highest expectations. Yeah, and it's hard going in with that mentality and you know, it, we didn't give it much of a chance to exceed our expectations because we came in with such a, such high expectations. But did it live up but to it? It it did. It was, it was Definitely. awesome, but it was just a little bit more um, commercialized touristy than it's just very popular. Yeah. Very popular. Lots of people. Mm hmm. Still, you can get you can definitely get away from the people if you yeah. do some of the more remote canyons. Mm -hmm. You know, they have tons of backcountry hikes and we did one of those. But a lot you also when we're traveling to those these parks, we want to hit the iconic places, too. Uh, so that meant in Zion, a uh, couple places called the Narrows and angels landing one people everywhere yeah yeah so but it was so if you know how to get away from which we've we've gotten really good at that too and so if you know how to kind of uh, escape the crowds for a little bit and you know peep in or pop in to see those iconic places and then go find something that's remote and solitary <laughs> that makes the experience more of a, a lot better you and nature mm -hmm. experience than you and exactly. a crowd in nature exactly. yeah. yep. so, what well, I'm just curious what kind of shoes uh, you guys must be hiking like 5,000 <laughs> miles this year what kind of <laughs> shoes are you wearing for this hiking I have I have three pairs of shoes I wear okay. um, 
I, I brought in a pair of Teva flip flops that I haven't really worn at all. So I wear my, I wear Chacos anytime I'm not doing a hike, <laughs> which are like s- sturdy sandals. It's like and, a half hour a day when you're not hiking. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have two pairs of, I have a pair of like day hiking, like shorter hiking shoes um, that aren't, that don't go super high on your ankle. Those are Merrell's. And then I have a pair of tall hiking shoes that are high tech brand. I think it's kind of like a mid range, not super nice shoe, but it, it works pretty well for me. You're, so have you guys been like super blistered or are things going um, well? My feet are pretty disgusting. <laughs> and just like really callousy and like Cal- like sometimes if I don't wear socks to bed, I'm afraid I'm gonna like pop the air oh. <laughs> the air mattress with my heel. Um, <laughs> it's pretty gross. But not too blistered. I had a phase of that and now I think I'm over the blistering phase. You got through blisters into calluses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the sign of a seasoned hiker. Yeah. Totally. As- so my shoes are, uh, I have Vibram five fingers, which I've worn a couple times. Those They're like the, the shoes. toe shoes, like each mm-hmm. toe has its own thing. Exactly. So I've just worn yeah, those. I don't hike with him when he wears them. <laughs> just kidding. It's like, might as well have a fanny vest. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're good for the creek or uh, sand when we were in great sand dunes in Colorado, uh, hiking through huge dune fields. But sand dunes are cool. I'm I'm from Colorado originally, so I've I've been out to uh, the sand dunes. That the is, sand dunes were amazing. Like you, it's like you're driving along in the middle of like you know it's a arid desert. You know your your high altitude deserts and like there's like sparse grass, and then you turn a corner and there's giant sand dunes. Like you turn from Denver into right. Saudi Arabia. It's weird, <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah, awesome. we love those. Yeah, that was our best campsite. Is camping in the, in dunes. the dunes? Oh, it was amazing. Did you like stay an- on the sand? Yeah, yeah, it was like another planet. You, so you have to hike just just right over the first ridge. That's like the day use area. But once you get it's over that, it's a big ridge. It is yeah. a big ridge. I yeah, into the top have to of that ridge up. and then I turned yeah. back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we just keep going over that ridge, and it's like a different planet. It, there are no footprints. There's you know nobody that you see at all, and so you can camp anywhere in the dunes over that first ridge. Do you need a compass uh, to free. get back in the morning? So, uh, no. We did get a not lost, but we didn't exactly make it to where we wanted to make it. Um, we were trying to trying to hike the tallest dune, and we kept thinking that <laughs> oh, there it is, it's so, right in front of us. The false get to the highest, yeah. false, false summiting like crazy. I, had, mm-hmm. I climbed Mount. I tried to climb Mount Elbert in high school with a big group, and we kept it was like the sixth false summit in August. It started snowing, and the group rule was if it snowed, we had to turn back no matter what. We had the real summit in in sight after like five false summits. Like, this is it. The map says we're almost there, but uh, no luck. We still had to turn around. Mm-hmm. So that was too bad. So I Perfect. feel for you with that. Yeah. I've been there. So any um, big obstacles or challenges you didn't expect before you left, you've come across? You know, we get asked that a lot too, actually. And it's hard because we, I think we planned really well that I, it's almost opposite like some of the things we expected to be challenging aren't so like sleeping on the ground and living completely out of our car and you have a good, you know, you have good ground pads i'm yeah, guessing yeah definitely although one of them has an annoying leak right now so we're, we're working on that <laughs> but things like that especially for me like yeah not showering and hardly ever like once a week we shower ish <laughs> which is sounds awful 
but it's really not that bad. Yeah, I think so. Especially when it's cold and you're not sweating as much. It's, it's not bad. Um, but some of those, yeah, some of those challenge things that we thought would be very challenging haven't been nearly as bad as I thought they would be. How is it being together 24 <laughs> seven? I, I know you're only a few months in. I, I could ask you again at the end of your journey. Yeah, yeah. How, how has it been so far? And I, I know with a spouse, it's someone you love and you spend a lot of time with, but it's a big change going from having jobs that separate you for you know eight, 10 hours a day and then coming together constantly for months on end. How has that been so far? <laughs> it definitely is. was a big change. We, I think during the first leg, we were apart over a month and a half, a total of six hours. So yeah, definitely constant (laughs) presence. But that also means that when you have some sort of tiff or debate, you have to settle it. Like right away. Because there's no escaping. Yeah. The other person isn't going anywhere. Right. I feel like our communication has... Our communication has always been pretty, pretty good, but it's become fast. (laughs) Like we, we have to really figure out, I think we're, we're, you know, we've gotten better at reading each other a little bit. And just like he said, with the arguments, you have to solve it right away. (laughs) You can't, you know, jump out of the car (laughs) or go out into the cold air from the tent. You know, you're kind of like in, you know, enclosed and you have to, kind of get into it. But I think that's been really good that's overall. Cool. So if, if someone is listening and they're thinking about doing an epic journey or even a less epic journey you know, going, you know, across the country for the first time, doing something that they've never done outside of their comfort zone, from what you've gone through that got you started, what advice do you have for them to you know, take the first step? Do it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I not just do it, but but definitely do it. I think a lot of what we did was not rocket science at all. I think it's so attainable. So whatever, you know, whatever it is that people want to do, it's it's extremely doable. Like I said, what the the basic things we did were, you know, watch where our money was going <laughs> and as far as financially planning for it, watch where our money was going, earn a little extra income on the side. And just to have that goal, having that goal in our, in our mind just made it easy. Yeah. The big tip I would say is decide on what you really want and have that in your mind constantly. And if you're able to really direct your energy on one thing, like when we finally decided that this trip is real and it's going to happen and we're going to make it happen it was such a clarifying moment. We, everything we did from that point on was meant to get us to the point where this trip was a reality and we could take off for a year and go to all these amazing parks. So yeah, that's just, um, you know, every purchase we made was with that in mind. It either made us got us closer to that goal, you know, whether it was a piece of gear or a park pass or whatever, or a reservation, or, you know, you still got to live a little bit and leave room for your social, uh, life too. We had plenty of fun in our last year. And we weren't monks. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't eat rice and beans only. 
we still had fun. Yeah. But it really, once you have that goal in mind, it uh, just really helps. And it also helps. I feel like if it's one thing you're working towards, like it's really hard to have even two or three different priorities for us. Having that one goal uh, was mm-hmm. what made a big difference. That's awesome. Right. That's a great mm-hmm. story. So th- thank you guys so much for sharing. Before, before we get going, I have one more question. That's just for my own curiosity <laughs> of your, all of the parks you have ahead. Do you have any that you're most excited about? <sighs> I know, think like 50 parks to choose from. Why not? <laughs> right. Give you a lot of notice I, on this. I am most excited for Hawaii. So there are actually two parks there, but Hawaiian Volcano is one and Haleakala is another. And so we're going to be on, we're actually going to be able to be on all three islands within Hawaii. And I've never been to Hawaii. Cole's never been to Hawaii. And it's going to be such a perfect time to be there. I, that's what I'm, that's kind of like a not, I don't know. It's kind of like a non-national park-y type of park. <laughs> like you always think of mountains and yeah, bears. Yeah, no, I get it. I've whatnot, but we'll that's what I'm most excited for. And enjoy the pineapples and the macadamia nuts oh, when you're gosh. out there too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cole, do you have any that you're looking, other than Hawaii, any other that you're super looking forward to? Right. Besides that, I would, I guess I would say Yosemite because we've heard so much about that. It's kind of like one of the biggest crown jewels of the park system. You see so many incredible pictures from there. So never been there and I'm just really excited to, to get out there. It was actually the first park to be protected, right? The first thing to be protected. So the Yellowstone was the first national park established, but Yosemite kind of sparked the idea of protecting land. Mm-hmm. So that's, amazing. that's pretty cool. I mm-hmm. feel like now I feel like I need to go out and get some more <laughs> national parks. I actually, I've lived like all around Crater some Lake, of these right? parks. Actually, yeah, I've yeah. I've driven right by. I, I didn't get off the highway because it was that day. I was like, <laughs> barreling through to Santa Barbara without stopping. Um, but yeah, Crater Lake's only a, a few hours away from us here in Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, if, if you make if you make your way through Portland, definitely uh, shoot me a note. I'd love to to meet you up for a beer and and have oh, a, a cheers in person. When yes. You, <laughs> so I know I will be following your journey online. Um, for those who have yet to find your journey online, how what is the best place for them to find you if they want to connect? Yeah, we are blogging about all our park stories, the different adventures, the different tips we have. And you can find that all on switchbackkids.com. So that's switchback like takes you up a mountain kids like us we're pretty young uh, <laughs> dot com and then we're also on facebook twitter instagram periscope that's our new thing yes that's been fun. fun i like periscope it is fun I'm getting into it now that yeah now that we're in the east we have service in the parks and we can like show people waterfalls and so it's been fun yeah, yeah. and also people can subscribe and get the mm-hmm. new posts sent straight to their inbox so we love it when they do that and uh yeah, we just that's one of our big goals, too, is not just to have a personal adventure, but to really be able to share it with other people and get them excited about the parks and get them interested in even if it's not the national parks going out and having their own adventure following their own passion. 
Well, that's all amazing stuff, and I am thrilled that I got to to hear and be a tiny bit of your uh, of your journey and adventure. <laughs> and I hope. Well, we um, really appreciate you having us on. It's been fun. Of course. Well, thank you, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for sharing everything. And um, everybody listening, please do go check out switchbackkids.com. I've been by. It's a great site. And um, you can learn more about what they're doing and follow them along the way. And everybody, um, again, thanks for listening and being a part of the Personal Profitability Podcast. And until next time, stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.